Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board here at The Athletic. It is Thursday. We've got week six of the NFL kicking off tonight. Week seven of college football already underway and we've got a big full weekend ahead. That's exactly what we're going to get into on this episode of Best on the Board. Michael Beller. Dan Santaramita talking through things with you here on this episode. Dan, how you doing this morning? I'm here and I'm ready to, to see if we can make it happen because uh, <laughs> I don't know. You, you had a pretty good week last week. I was pretty mad about an over-under I lost in the Arizona State game, but uh, let's see if we can get things going this week. Yeah, it really did feel like we could have had an even better week. I went two and one. You yeah. went one and two. That Arizona State Stanford over looked like it was uh, going to be cruising there, and then just totally fell flat in the fourth quarter. My Penn State plus two and a half over Iowa also mm. cruising, cruising. Then Clifford gets hurt, and then Iowa makes the comeback, and it totally falls apart. But you know, well, we'll take it. We'll take a three and three week if that's going to be on the downside of things, and we can certainly <laughs> live with that. Uh, hopefully, Ari Wasserman, our uh, partner in crime here, able to rejoin us next week but we jump into uh, week seven of this episode looking like this you are sitting at five and eight I'm sitting at four and six so this is the time now if we're gonna if we're gonna turn things around for the season <laughs> about halfway through a little less than halfway through now's the time to start doing it we've got three picks apiece in this episode of best on the board Dan get us started uh let's go to it let's go to a total let's start out with a total what do you got for us here I got a lot of points to work with. That's what I got here. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ole Miss and Tennessee, uh, under 82. This is this is just one of those games you see the line and you go, I get that many points? How could they possibly go over? Now, look, both these teams played absolute shootouts. Now, Tennessee in a blowout, but uh, Mississippi 52-51 against Arkansas last week. Mm -hmm. Just nonsense. It's one of the most fun games you'll ever see. Not a lot of quality defense. I mean, you could say, yeah, the offenses are great, and they are. But when you, the the touchdowns in that game, they're giving up one play drives, three play drives, yeah. you know, blown coverage, whatever. Here's 82 points. Now, I had Tennessee last week basically uh, because their offense is so good, and that came through in a big way. So I understand this is a great offense, just like Ole Miss's is. But 82 points? 82 points! <laughs> I think that's like an automatic, I'm taking the under, if you put 82 on the board. And this opened under 80, and it's been creeping higher. So uh, I'm going to take the extra points they're giving me here. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's just, no matter what you think of the offenses, that is a monster of a number. And so you have, yeah. to, like, there, this could still be a great offensive game, right? Yeah. It'd be like 41-40. That'd be a ridiculous offensive game, and you would still <laughs> yeah. come under the yeah. total here. So just, just a huge, huge number, and maybe a little bit of recency bias in what we saw from these offenses a week ago, and frankly, what we saw uh, from the Mississippi defense a week ago as well. Now, you know, Arkansas's yeah. offense is nothing to just, uh, you know, sneeze at in its own right. That's a good offense as well, but... Maybe we are having a little bit of overreaction 
to what went down last week, and that's pushing this number up into the 80s. Again, just a ridiculous number, no matter what you think of these offenses. And an important point to make, I think, that you're making here, right? Like, sometimes we just bet the number. Sometimes we don't care really at all about the teams that are playing, and we bet the number. And 82 is just a huge, huge number, and one that feels uh, pretty easy to want to go underneath. So that's what we're looking at here, Mississippi, Tennessee, under 82. I'm going to take us into the NFL world. That's actually where I'm going to live with all three of my bets. I figure I'm at 2-0 in NFL, 0-1 in college last week in this space. So let's stick to NFL, and maybe I'll jump back into the college world next week. The Week 6 Thursday night game, Buccaneers and Eagles. Bucks are seven-point favorites. I really like this one, Dan. Give me the Bucks all day at seven-point favorites against the Eagles. Just the better team. I mean, just flat out comfortably the better team. And I keep circling back to the Eagles and wondering why they're getting any sort of respect whatsoever. I mean, this is a team that you know put up a 32-6 to win over the uh, Falcons in week one and really haven't done anything since then to impress us very much. And so I just keep coming back to them. Sure, it's a short week. Sure, they're the home team. But... Yeah, Tampa is Tampa, and this team really hasn't been slowed down at all this season, with the exception of their game against the Patriots, a game that they won 19-17, to and obviously there was some emotion going into that game uh, for both sides of it, but that's the only time that we've seen this Tampa Bay offense get slowed down whatsoever this season, and so I don't think Philly's going to do that. I think if Philly's going to keep this within the seven, they're going to have to play just as good as uh, Tampa does offensively, just as efficiently, or at least you know, relative to what these teams are capable of doing, Philly might even have to play better than Tampa to keep this game within a touchdown. And I just I just don't see it. I don't see it with the way Tampa's offense is going, uh, with the way that they have gotten a whole lot out of the run game the last couple of weeks with Leonard Fournette taking over as the clear number one back. And I'm going to talk about him in a second here. I just think that this offense really is clicking in a way that makes them incredibly hard to slow down. So then how does, how does Philly really keep this close? Jalen Hurts has got to take advantage of a secondary that's really just been flat out bad this season. I mean, that's true about Tampa. If they have a weakness at all on this team, it is the pass defense. And so Jalen Hurts has to take advantage of that weakness of this team if they're going to keep this game within seven. And I'm just not sure that this team is built to do that. I, I We haven't seen enough from them that tells me they're built to do that. Even in that win over Philly or over Carolina last week, they didn't throw the ball all that effectively. They really didn't. It was a lot of defense and a lot of run game, and Jalen Hurts pushing in a couple of rushing touchdowns once they got inside the 10-yard line. I just don't think they are built to take any sort of advantage of the one weakness that Tampa has, and that's why I'm always uh, very comfortably pushed over everything. Check in a box for me. Give me the Buccaneers laying the seven against the Eagles tonight. So you're not scared off by touchdown favorite on the road. I know you talked about this before, that the trend of uh, home and road not meaning as much, huh? I am not. I am not scared by it whatsoever. Again, when there, when the gap between the two teams is as wide as it is here, I feel totally comfortable trusting the better team to just be better and to do what they do. And nothing about the Eagles tells me that they can slow down what Tampa does well. And nothing about the Eagles' offense tells me they can take advantage of the one thing Tampa doesn't do well. And so that's where this one really separates for me, and that's where I ultimately come down to the Buccaneers. It's a big spread. It's definitely a big spread. And if this was a team that could take advantage of those secondary issues that the Buccaneers have, then maybe I think twice about it. But I don't see the Eagles as that brand of team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. All right, Dan, let's jump back to the college game. This is a fun non-conference game that you've brought up for us. BYU and Baylor. Uh, BYU catching six and a half on the road. This should be, you know, a pretty interesting game. We've seen Baylor jump up with a few nice wins this season. BYU was rolling all year until last week against Boise State. This is an interesting matchup we've got in the middle of the season. What do you like here? Well, I like BYU because I think the way they lost that game to Baylor, uh, isn't as concerning as the result, right? They lost by nine. It wasn't really that close down the stretch. Boise? Yeah. uh, They lost to Boise, and it was the turnovers that killed them. They had four turnovers. They outgained Boise by over 100 yards. A game that, uh, you know, honestly, you look at some of the the models that that do uh, post-game win probability and all that. Oh, BYU should have won that game. But turnovers will kill you, and I I don't think Baylor – is is this amazing team that BYU should be getting six and a half points? Baylor's a very solid team. Saw them play Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago uh, in, a, in a matchup of undefeated teams. Their offense didn't really get it done. I'm not sure they're a team that I want to be giving six and a half on, on the other side of that bet. Mm-hmm. I think BYU, look, they got those Pac 12 wins, and look, hey, that Arizona State win's looking better and better by the week, right? This is still a very yeah. good BYU team. Uh, no one's going to really sneeze at a Boise loss, even when they're down. And the way that happened, I think I'm happy taking a big number like six and a half. I could see Baylor being a favorite. I think six and a half is a little too big, so I'm working with a, a little bit of an advantage here. If you're at all scared about this one going wrong, where does it end up going wrong for BYU? Well, turnovers, right? I and mean, we just saw it. And and look, uh-huh. they got uh, Jaron Hall back uh, last week coming off injury, and he was pretty solid but because it was fumbles more than interceptions of the turnovers. Um, you know, he had missed some games and now he comes back and they lose and you go, oh, maybe he's not 100% and maybe he wasn't. But uh, I think this is a BYU team with a balanced pass and run attack that, you know, Baylor is a team that I don't think they have the prolific offense. This isn't Robert Griffin playing quarterback. This is a mm-hmm. really solid defensive group. And you look at a lot of the scores, it's been low scoring. So I think six and a half is a number, again, like, I could see Baylor being a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite, but you give me a little more room, and I, I think it's a it's a bet worth jumping on. And to be honest with you, a lot of the spreads the last couple of weeks, man, they're on. They're, like, right on the money. You look at, oh, that seems kind of <laughs> close. Like, this is one where I go, all right, I have yeah. some form of an advantage, at least of what I think, uh, and went with BYU. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's been tricky out there to find some lines, and I, but I'm going with this one. All right, let's get back to the NFL. Let's talk about Chris Godwin for a second. He's got a catch prop tonight. Over five and a half catches is where I'm going. So the prop is set at five and a half, and this is one of the few uh, props that you can find that's at minus 110, Dan. Uh, so many of the uh, shops, BetMGM included, are starting out props at minus 115, starting out player props at minus 115 on either side, and I'm just sort of, you know, preternaturally not going to try to pay that sort of juice on a prop. It just feels like a, a losing proposition over the long run. So when I see something sitting at 110 that I feel like is a fair 110 bet, it's something that I'm going to try to get behind where I can. And I do like Godwin to go over the five and a half. He is on the injury report. Sounds like he's going to play. So obviously uh, be sure to check that. But this is really all about volume for him, Dan. Uh, Chris Godwin has had three games this season where he's had at least seven targets in all three of those games. He's gone north of five five and a half catches. Uh, six catches back in week three, seven catches last week, nine catches 
in week one. He's had two games this season where he hasn't gotten to that target number, and in both of those games, he came under the five and a half. He had four catches on five targets in week two. He had three catches on five targets in week four, and that was the game I referenced earlier against Tampa or against New England, a 1917 low-scoring game, something we are not expecting at all between the Buccaneers and the Eagles tonight. Chris Godwin, going back to his 2019 breakout season, has been one of the highest catch rate players in the NFL. This is a guy who, by both the routes he runs, how open he gets, and the uh, the catchability that he has, is always going to be a high catch rate sort of player. So that's why I say it comes all down to volume. If he gets seven targets, he's getting six catches. That's just how Chris Godwin plays. That's how his game plays. That's what the Buccaneers ask him to do. That's where they line him up. Those are the routes they ask him to run. They are These are high percentage routes, and he is a master at running those routes and getting open. So I really feel like this is just about volume. If I'm going to get into trouble with this one, it's going to be because, you know, they they you know focus more on Mike Evans, right? They focus more on Antonio Brown, and those guys are the top two target getters in this game, and Chris Godwin ends up uh, – not getting uh, up to the six or seven target mark that I'm looking for here. Or maybe his injury is a little bit more serious than the Buccaneers are letting on, and he's just not quite at 100%. That's where I'm going to get into trouble here. If the volume is there for him, and again, this is a game that is an over-under of 52.5. It was at 51.5. It's been creeping up over the last couple of days. We should expect high scoring. We should expect volume. And even with Leonard Fournette doing what he's doing, Tampa's always going to be a pass-first aggressive team. Any Bruce Arians coach team is going to be a pass-first aggressive team. I think the volume is going to be there for Chris Godwin. That's why I've got him going over the 5.5. And, and again, you love seeing that minus 110. <laughs> so many shops are living at minus 115. So we get the juice down a little bit. It's something that we want to jump on. We've got two more picks. One more pick a piece here. Chris, or Dan, excuse me. And I've just got Chris Godwin on the brain. Just got Chris Godwin on the brain. Um, Clemson. Uh, winless against the spread yeah. so far this season. And yet they still come in. With these big double-digit spreads, week in and week out, and they're not covering them. Frankly, they're not coming close to covering them. And here they are with another one, Syracuse plus 14. Let's hear it for the Orange. Yeah, and honestly, this one is like, I, I'm at the point, I'm like, it, they have to finally wake up at some point, don't they? Because I, I played Clemson. <laughs> <Do> they? <laughs> they may not, yeah. I played Clemson a couple weeks ago against Boston College, and it came through easily. I thought Boston College might win that game in the fourth quarter. Here's yeah. the thing. Clemson's offense stinks, right? This is too big of a number for an offense that's not good. Yes, they still have a ton of talent up and down the roster. Their defense is great, but they, they can't cover because they can't score. They can't cover big numbers because they can't score big numbers. So I, mm-hmm. I just don't understand why there hasn't been more movement on the lines. I get Clemson. It's the big name. But here's, yeah, like you said, Clemson 0-5 against the spread. Syracuse 5-1 and against the spread. And here's the thing is Syracuse has actually played uh, Clemson pretty well. They're 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven, although, of course, this is the smallest spread this one's seen in a while, which is crazy when you think about it. They've been seeing spreads of four touchdowns uh, and covering those. Weeknight home game, always like that. Um, 14 points against an offense that's not prolific, always like that. It's just that simple. Until mm-hmm. Clemson shows me they can do it, I'm going to take this line. I was a little hesitant in this one because – at some point, you figure they're going to have that game, but they haven't yet, so I'm going to ride it until it doesn't ha- happen. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go here. And, like, I mean, like you said, like this, anytime you see a number this high, you need to be able to put up some offense. Like, it doesn't, it barely matters how good your defense is if you're having to cover two touchdowns. Of course, it matters, but like, 
it's hard to expect a team to cover like to win a game like this like 20 to 3 right or 17 nothing something like that like you figure this is going to be a game where if you're anytime you're asking a team to cover 14 you have to assume that they can get to 27 or 28 points and we haven't seen anything from Clemson this year that suggests they can do that against anyone frankly and so like until they prove it to us I think this is the right side to be on maybe ultimately if you're right maybe ultimately they finally wake up and they put up a 34 point game or something like that and maybe that happens this week and they win 34 to 10 but nothing they have shown us and we're now in the seventh week of the season as you said 0-5 against the spread we've seen this team play five games go all the way back to week one against Georgia all the way through their most recent game they have not showed us anything on offense so they are absolutely a team that needs to prove it to us before we believe in them and I think prove it to us before we reflexively don't bet against them when they're laying 14 so I really like this one Syracuse plus 14 against Clemson I'm gonna wrap it up by going back to the Buccaneers Leonard Fournette anytime touchdown is sitting at plus 125 and Dan let me tell you something about what Leonard Fournette has done the last two weeks really going back to last season it's always been the moment we trust one of the Tampa backs the other guy has the big game we finally trust Leonard Fournette boom Ronald Jones gets 20 carries for 115 yards. Then we trust Ronald Jones. Boom, it's Fournette back in there doing his dual threat thing on the ground and through the air. I think we can finally put that to rest with what we've seen from Leonard Fournette this season and especially the last two weeks for a couple of reasons. Number one, Fournette's played great over these last two weeks. You go back to week four against the Patriots, 20 carries for 92 yards, three catches on five targets for 47 yards. Last week against Miami, 12 catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown, four catches on five targets for 43 yards. He has played very well. On the flip side, Ronald Jones has been bad. He's just been straight up bad for this team this season. And then when you factor in that they've got Giovanni Bernard as the third down back, it's very easy for Bruce Arians to just trust those two guys as his backs. I've got Leonard Fournette, who can also uh, do a lot of damage as a receiver. And then I've got Giovanni Bernard and obvious passing downs. And it feels like as far as we're ever going to be able to trust Bruce Arians with his backfield usage, we have gotten to that point. So now, once we've already gotten ourselves comfortable with Leonard Fournette, it's pretty easy to get behind him at plus one, uh, plus 125 as an anytime touchdown score in a game with an over-under in the low 50s. The way this Buccaneers team has moved the ball up and down the field among the league leaders in uh, yards per game, yards per play, efficiency metrics, offensive EPA, they are right there. With every single metric you look for in terms of predictive success, they are hitting that. And so... It, seem, it feels as though this should be a good spot for Leonard Fournette uh, to get an anytime touchdown. And I wouldn't be surprised if if he gets one more game where he is clearly alone-ish in the backfield, or at least Ronald Jones isn't really much of a presence. We're going to see this start to become a minus number for him, even with everything that this team does through the air. So I will take the plus 125 that I can get here on Leonard Fournette. Anything you're looking for? You did all college. I did all NFL. Anything you're just uh, watching out for in tonight's game between the Bucks and the Eagles? Well, I think, you know, you're talking about just going back to your last pick. You're talking about the, the juice being minus 115, a lot of player props, and this is a player prop. A little different because the touchdowns aren't as expected. But, mm-hmm. but man, you're you're one of the guys that's the reason why the juice is so high. The books have been losing on those. They got to they gotta get the <laughs> price up. That's what uh, you, you're, you're the one, uh, you and everybody Don't else. Don't blame me. Don't blame me for this. <laughs> hey, they can't do. Uh, believe me, I wish. They can't do player props I wish as well I was as they do as team lines. So that's that's what's happening. That is that is absolutely true, and that's why you got to hunt for those ones. Like I yeah. said, Chris Godwin, you, when you can get a minus one ten that you believe in, just like we're talking about reflexively betting against Clemson laying two touchdowns, a minus one ten, a minus one hundred five player prop that you trust, 
you sort of got to jump on that reflexively as well. Hopefully you're jumping on best on the board reflexively as well. Now that we are deep into this football season, thanks so much for joining us on this episode. Good luck this week. Happy betting. If you've got anything going on Thursday, we're back with you tomorrow, taking a fuller look at the week six NFL slate for Dan Santa Ramita. I am Michael Beller. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day.